Yo, 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 what's going on with y'all? It's your boy Combo with Marlo. You know what I'm saying? Got dripped out a little bit today. Dickies on Dickies, you feel me? You know what I'm saying? I got a special guest with me here today. Who do I have the pleasure of being here with? Man, it's your boy Dax, and we back at it like a bad habit. If you want some in this life, you better make sure you go grab, go it, grab today, it today, baby. <laughs> We're gonna make a big play. <laughs> yo, it's crazy that you said that. I had that shit written down. I oh, saw this real? one interview you did with um, um, No Jumper, Adam22. Oh, yeah. I was like, fuck, I got to say it before he does. Yes, sir. But nah, that's your thing. That's, that's my your affirmation, thing. man. Nah, I like it, bro. But before I dive into it, how you feeling, bro? What's going on? I feel blessed, man. Uh, at the Junos right now, nominated for my first award ever. Yes, Breakthrough Male Artist of the Year. So I'm hoping I win that, you know, as a competitive guy. You know, okay. I don't take L's very well. Yes, but sir. It's so much positivity. So it's going good. Nah, I like that, bro. You know what I'm saying? And you're in Etah or Edmonton. You know what I'm saying? Have you been here before? Is this your first time? Uh, I think I came here on tour uh, probably twice now that I've performed here in Edmonton. Yeah. Bro, it's so crazy. This whole time, I thought, I thought you was from here, from E-Town. Oh, for real? And then um, when I started doing a little bit of homework on you, I'm like, bro, this guy's from... Uh, I'm going to let you say where you're from, but this guy's not from here at all. Right. You know what I'm saying? So diving into that, where are you from? What's your background? So, awkwardly enough, um, I was born in St. John's, Newfoundland. Oh, most people don't know that. Newfoundland. Right. But I was only what there for eight months. There? I was just born there. My, my dad uh, went to university out there on the Commonwealth Scholarship from Nigeria. So he and my mom went there. Then yeah. I was born there. Then eight months into that, we moved to Ottawa. Okay, okay. So you've been in the capital okay. for, for a hot minute. How, how long was you in the capital before you left? Uh, 18 years. 18 I was in Ottawa for 18 years and then left because of college basketball. Okay. Tu parles français? Je parle français, puis la maman. Tu parles français? En PT. En PT. J'ai haïtien. J'ai haïtien. Mon gars, c'est haïtien aussi. What? Ça passe? Fully? Oui, really? Haïtien vraiment? Mes amis, non, you're lying. C'est vrai, man. He's full Haitian. Est-ce qu'on haïtien vrai? Maison, Wait, look, look, hold on, hold on. Look. What? Look, he's pulling out his passport. Um, oh. <laughs> look. Yes, Yo, we'll, we'll talk later. We'll talk later. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow, That's huh? crazy. I did not know that. You know what I'm saying? Now, you can't, sometimes for me, you can't tell when someone's Haitian. Well, right. for me, at least. I can tell when like an, an OG is, mm. but like me, I've been watching, well, I, I spent a lot of time in Florida. So to me, Haitians are like Jack Boys and Kodaks. Oh, like, wow. once you look like that, that's when I could obviously tell. Mm. But, but anyways, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what, what, what was it like growing up in Ottawa? What's that like? Man, I say for me, Ottawa was just a time of hard work. Mm. It was like I didn't do a lot. It was really just I was trying to get out to play college basketball and go D1. Damn. So You a baller? I, I hoop. I hoop for real. Okay, for, okay, I, okay. I hoop for real, for real. Um, when I was 11, I found the law of attraction. Mm. So up until then, I was just living life. You know, but I was 11, so I was young. But then, yeah, I found a law of attraction at the age of 11, and I made the decision that I wanted to play college basketball. I wanted to play D1. I wanted to play in the NBA. So then the next time from 11 all the way up to 18, which is when I left Ottawa, was strictly just focused on basketball and getting out of Canada to play American basketball. Sheesh. So that, that was the vision. When, when did things kind of take a 180? You know what I'm saying? So... That whole Canadian story is a whole thing for basketball. I leave at 18, I go to a prep school. I meet a man at a bus stop, a fake um, uh, prep school that came to Ottawa. Fake? Yeah, it was like, it turned out to be 
fake or something like that. Like it was a scam. It was like it was. Yeah, real? it was. It just wasn't real. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? And uh, I met a man at a bus stop. Love a guy. And um, they used to practice at the YMCA, and I would go there after school every day to work on my game. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I thought it was just a joke because he said he could help me. I'm like, ah, you know, I don't really know. So one day we play his school at a tournament. I had a great game. Someone filmed it on an iPad. I go to the YMCA the next day, and he sent that video to my then future prep school coach, Kyle Linstead. So I'm on the iPad with him at the YMCA, and he's, hey man, you look pretty good. If you want to come down to Wichita, Kansas, and try out, you know, you can come try out, and you know, maybe you'll make the team. Who knows? Mm. So Sunrise Christian Academy. So boom, I go door to door, put up enough money to get her together to get this plane ticket. Go out to Wichita, Kansas. Buddy Heald and Coach Kyle picked me up from the airport. The Buddy Heald's in the NBA now. He was like my chaperone. And I went and tried out for this prep school. Buddy Heald, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's killing it. Um, Sunrise Christian Academy made the team. And that's sort of how I got out of Canada. Then from there, I went to Sunrise Christian Academy for one year. Then didn't get any offers. But I went JUCO for one year at Casper College because the scholarship they had given to this kid from Mexico, he was already a pro. Yeah. So that means he, he foregoed his eligibility because he had already been making money on basketball. So I got the last scholarship at Casper College. Damn. Didn't even recruit me. Showed up there. Things went my way. That's a crazy story as well, too. End up being one of the only two players to get a Division One scholarship from there. Go to the University of Montana. They get a new coach. Damn. That coach doesn't really mess with me. I get hurt. End of the year, they tell me to transfer. I go back to Wichita, Kansas and play at Newman University for two and a half years. In my junior year, when I got back there and got an overnight janitor job, I wrote my first poem. Damn. And that was the transition. It, so, so with you being in a janitor is when you're like, bro, this, this, can't, this isn't it. Right. You it changed, man. You go from like, you know, Division One where everything's sort of set up for you and then you come down to D2 where it's just different. You know, yeah. I didn't have any money. So I get the job and I was like in the Damatias Hall, which was also like the poetry side of the building. So I was cleaning up after poetry events, mm. all these arts, plays, you know. So one day I wrote a poem on the way to a game. Yeah. Showed my teammate. He was like, hey, you wrote that? I was like, yeah, I just, I just wrote that on the bus right now. He's like, that's crazy. Damn. And I just kept going. You kept going and then, yeah. and then when, when did all like the attractions started falling on you? Like, or be, before you get into that, when did you turn the poem into lyrics? You know what I'm saying? Was that a few months after? Did a few more years go by? So what happened was I was on that bus. We were going to play Ar- uh, University of Arkansas Fort Smith. And I first tried to write a rap. Mm. I used to like freestyle as a kid. Yeah. You yeah. know, and do all these things. Was he, was he still explos- explosive? Like when you'd be rapping, you just, you just scream? Uh, nah, it was, uh-huh. very, it was very subdued. You know, I used to like sometimes like freestyle at parties or stuff like that. I'd be like, okay. yo, you sort of got bars, bro. <laughs> But I wrote this poem. I first tried to write a rap, though, on the bus. And I looked at it, and I was like, yo, this doesn't even make sense because I was talking about a bunch of crazy shit. Mm. And I'm like, I'm not no crazy-ass person, so it doesn't even make sense. So I'm like, well, let me try to write a, a poem. And I just wrote, and the poem rhymed. And it was just this crazy poem. And I looked at it, and I was like, wow, this is where I'm starting. I could probably be really good. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, just it, it always rhymed anyways. So it just eventually got put on beats. Yeah, so you always had it in you. You just yeah. didn't know it. Yeah, I remember one time... Like, I've always been good at speaking. Like, I used to, like, in, in, in class, you know, when you do, like, public speaking? Yeah, yeah, I used to just, like, not write speeches and just go up and say what was on, what was Free on my flow, mind. Freestyle it. Right, and whatever came out just came out. Okay, damn. So you being in front of an audience has always always been a thing that you somewhat enjoyed. 
No, nah, I've never enjoyed it. I always get nervous even till this day. But okay. I just like sit there and I think anyone would be nervous if they were up here. Why am I going to give a fuck what people think? Yeah. You know? Uh, that's nice, bro. So, so just so I got this straight, born in Newfoundland or Newfoundland, however yes, you sir. say it. Yo, I, one quick question. If you call someone a Newfie, is that is that a bad term to call them? I don't find it disrespectful. Yeah, because I don't, I don't ever see the disrespect in it, but I guess I'm not from there, so I wouldn't know. Right. So you went from, you went from um, Newfoundland to Ottawa, from Ottawa to Kansas, Kansas to Minnesota. From Kansas to Wyoming. Wyoming. Then Wyoming to Montana. Yeah. Then Montana back to Kansas. Damn. Yeah. All over. And then you have to go through all that in order to find out, like, this is something you wanted to do. Right. I find, well, for me personally, being in sports is hard because you could be the Michael Jordan of whatever sport you're in. As soon as you get injured right. and you can't play for the rest of your days, God forbid. Right. Now what? Right. You know what I'm saying? That's the scariest thing in that type of stuff. So, so, again, you finding what you love is, that's nice because uh, uh, in a lot of cases, that's not always the thing. Right. I was lucky. Like, I swear, like, the whole time I was playing basketball, I was also like, damn, like, this is all I got right now. Mm. And it's like, I already knew I wasn't going to be the greatest basketball player of all time. Like, mm. I wasn't genetically disposed to it. Like, I'm 6'2 in athletic, but there's dudes 6'8". And that's like, I just knew like I wasn't, not, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that would always hurt my brain because I like want to be the best. So I never had anything else, you know? But then when I wrote that first poem and I looked at it, I was like, I think if I take these general skills I have right now with words and I work at it, I could become one of the best in the field. Mm. No, I like that because I, I can already see the mentality you had. Whatever it is that you're doing, you're going to put 110% exactly. into it. You know what I'm saying? So, but don't you think also... Um, in the same breath, you saying you knew you wouldn't be good at good at it would kind of shoot shoot it down, because if you're saying, oh, I have plans to do something on Friday, but I know I'm not gonna do it. Now you're just you're automatically kind of shutting yourself down. I think there's an element to that of truth, but I I do think you still gotta be honest with yourself. Mm. You know, it's like I know I I consider myself an amazing basketball player, and I did a lot for with what I was given, but it was like I knew I couldn't be Michael Jordan. Mm. You know, and I'm not gonna be delusional. <laughs> you know, like. That's just, that, 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 that is still there, you know? Mm -hmm. But um, I, I didn't feel that way with words and poetry and music, you know? Okay, okay. Um, so when, when you first decided to hop into the, the music world, mm -hmm. what, what type of genre did you say you was into? Was it rap? Was it country? Was it rock? Uh, it was really long form poetry, sort of. Like mm -hmm. a lot of my earlier songs didn't even have hooks. It was just me rapping the whole way through. But I guess rap. Rap. What what artist would you say that like you really loved listening to at that time? Um, at that time, uh, what was playing while I was because music is always I've always called music a soundtrack to my life, mm. and it was always in the background while I was playing basketball. But I, I was never like tuned in. Like I didn't grow up like looking into artists. I was more like looking into basketball players. Mm. You know, so there was a lot of while I was working out. Uh, Tupac, Lil Wayne. Yeah. Uh, I remember Fire Man. Fire hey, man. Oh, uh, come on. Come on. Hustler music. Yeah. That hustler music. That's good. I was listening um, to that on the way here. Oh, for real? Yeah. So, like, a lot of songs, a lot of motivational. I also listen to a lot of motivational speeches. You know, uh, Les Brown, mm. E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher. Um, a, lot, a lot of those guys. Zig Ziglar, I think, is his name. Or, mm -hmm. You know, I used to, I'd, I always used to go on... Uh, before every workout, I would go on YouTube and I would put in Michael Jordan, World's Greatest. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know everything that's going on with 
R. Kelly, you know. <laughs> but the song World's Greatest was fire. And I would listen to that, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of motivational shit to try to get me through this next workout. Mm-hmm. Put me in the right mindset to be successful at basketball. So that's pretty much what I was listening to and whatever was on the radio as well. Bro, I've been, um, I, I was li- last night I was listening to uh, some of your recent stuff. You know what I'm saying? Some of the stuff that are up on your YouTube. And like, the way you flow, the explosive, the aggressiveness. Because for me, when I listen to you, I can, like, you deliver aggressively. Mm. Kind of reminds me of like DMX, mm. DMX type flow. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever gotten that type of comparison before? Like, who, who do people, if you ever do get compared, who do people compare you to? Um, for me, I got to say DMX. Right, I like that comparison. I think it really depends, too, on what people listen to from me. Like, I have songs where I'm rapping really hard. I got songs where I'm singing. I've had people say DMX before. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had, you know, people say some similarities, you know, with the Tupac thing. I don't want to harp on that too much. Obviously, you know, greatest of all time. Um, people have said Eminem. You know, I've had some people say, like, you know, similarities of Busta Rhymes. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's yeah. also someone who's a student of the Busta game. Rhymes. You know what I mean? It's, I think that's what's great about hip-hop is that there's all these pioneers, and you can sort of pull a little bit each from them. You know, I, I went on tour with Tech 9 People have said there's Jeez. some similarities with Tech 9 Yeah. You know, so, Yeah. Another thing I like about about the way the way you rap is, you're not all you're, you're not one of those rappers that's always talking about robbing moms, killing ops, and robbing that's, moms, bro. Jesus. You'd be surprised, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's not it's, <laughs> it's not it's not one of those crazy stuff. This is something I can actually listen to. Be like, this guy's actually lyrical. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's not one of those where he's gonna say cops and then rhyme it with Glock or you know what right, I'm saying? None right. of that typical this generation thing that you right. stay hearing. Yeah, I just sort of, I try to just do what's authentic to my life. Mm. You know, as someone growing up in Canada, like, I can't even rap about those things because I didn't even go through them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're honest. Yeah, and that's why sometimes I don't even, you know, you know, people rap about different things. If it's authentic, if it's authentic to your life and it's about the struggle you went through, I understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, but as for what I say, I try to just stay authentic to myself, you know. So, no, I, I you know, no, no mom's. Being robbed, you know? <laughs> None of that type of stuff. Um, I also noticed that like you 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 fuck with Mob Deep. Hell you know yeah. what I'm saying? I seen I seen some of the, the samples or remix, whatever, however you want to word it. You know what I'm saying? Why why'd you decide to go that route? Why'd you decide to take what was it, Shook Ones and um Quiet Storm? Right. I mean one of the greatest rap groups of all time. Yes, sir. Um so as me as someone who loves rap, I always think when you're in a genre that you didn't create and there's greats before you that respect should be paid you know understanding that someone paved the path for you while also paving your own path you know so yeah. for me it's just you know showing respect to the people who have allowed me to be able to do what I do mm-hmm. now I like it because um as I'm listening to it especially choir song I'm like where do I know this beat from mm. you know what I'm saying because I used to listen to mob deep but not not as much growing up because I got I got kind of introduced to like the newer newer rappers like Rod Wave, and mm. ever since I started listening to those guys, I kind of let push the '90s off to the side, mm. you know. But again, listening to those, I'm like, yo, I know this one. Ain't no such thing as halfway. As soon as that those words came to my mind, I'm like, okay, this is shook ones, right? You know, and those, what I'm the, the beat, the, the beats, they're just legendary. Oh yeah, man, it's almost like that type of stuff that isn't even be, being made anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I was me and me and my boy were just talking about this. It's like watching wrestling isn't the same anymore. Like, WWE, WWF back in the days, yep. it just, I just don't think it's ever going to be the same. Yep. You know, and in a thing like music, it's not like, it's not like NBA basketball. Like, the skill, the skill is getting better 
in the NBA now. Yeah. Oh, you. So do do you personally think that the newer NBA players today could whoop the ones back then? I think just off of sheer the 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 skill level and what's being taught now, I think it'd be very difficult for the players of the past to beat today's players. Beat today's player in terms of just like the overall skill. I don't think guys are stronger. I don't think guys are more athletic. You know, I think just what the the skill level mm. and you know the skills guys possess and what's allowed in the game. Exactly. You know, it's a different game. It's shooting now. It's you know, shooting and turning away before the ball even goes right. in. Type you know, of it's just a whole. It's 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 the generation. It's it's a narcissistic generation because everyone has a camera in front of their face. So you even watch all these kids on the mixtapes. They're all looking at the camera after they do any type of move. <laughs> you know, so it's just it's so much yep. more glamorized. Mm. So. I guess that was me talking about beats and stuff like that, but... No, no, no. No, that's my bad. I got you off track because, you know, I was kind of curious. That, that's just something I've been hearing along with who's better, Jordan or LeBron, so right. on and so on. But now nah, those beats, I could... Um, kind of adding on to the Mob Deep talk, I could see, like, that's, that's a crew. We obviously know it's a legendary right. crew, but that's a crew, like, you... What, do you follow them? Well, not follow them, but, like, do you really follow how, how they came into the game, how they've been? Yeah, I try to... I, try to, I, I wouldn't say... I, like follow heavily, mm. but anyone who's great, I think it's my responsibility to look into their greatness and as to how they did it. If I as well want to be great, yeah, no, I like that. Um, up to this point today, this very moment, what are some of your biggest accomplishments? You know what I'm saying? Because um, I seen one of your um, uh, one of your songs. Uh, what's it called? Dear God, I believe hitting sure. 70 mil All on right. Spotify. Right. That's, bro, that's, oh, you're almost that's at a hundred mil, but right. that's, that's crazy. But like, in your own words, your own thoughts, what are some of your biggest accomplishments? Um, all the views, obviously. I think it's, I think the, it's not the views, it's the way I went about acquiring what I've done. Mm. I think the independent grind of that, I think is, is, you know, that's a big accomplishment for me. Statistical wise, I guess, when Dear Alcohol went gold, that's dope, um, Hard, the last bro, tour, crazy. I did. I sold out most of it. That's dope. Damn, bro. I know your room's just covered in plaques. Not yet. I only got. Talk I got. Like, I got one plaque, man. Just I, they one? owe me a couple plaques, though. See, dear God, is gold. She yeah. cheated again. Is gold. Joker's gold. It's just <laughs> oh like when, when it's not when it's not signed. Sometimes, like a label, it's harder to get the plaque. Yeah, it seems like, you know. So, bro, that um, is crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because right now, during my whole uh, podcasting career, I've only talked to two people that. I guess three, but the third one's a producer. You know what I'm saying? So, like, artist-wise, I've only spoken to two people with plaques. You know what I'm saying? This is, like, it's dope. Brother, that's got to be a nice feeling, just hanging nice it up feeling. on your wall or whatever you plan on doing with it. Right. Yeah, I just keep it at my mom's crib. You keep it at your mom's place? We don't hang, we don't hang stuff up. I just All right. put it on the floor right there. Oh, okay. No, I feel that. <laughs> I feel that. Um, uh, doing, doing some homework on you, I see, I see that you've been on a few big podcasts. You know what I'm saying? No jumper and stuff. Yes, How did all that come about? Because no um, jumper, bro, it's not one of those. Well, at least I think now it kind of is just anybody could get on if you're in OnlyFans, that type. But back then, a few years ago, you, right. not just anybody could get on. It was tough, right? You know what I'm saying? So how, how did that link up happen? Uh, I think back in, what was it, 2018, I put out a song called She Cheated Again. Mm -hmm. And at that time, like via the metrics... I was like one of the top fastest rising artists. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to use that leverage to reach out to people so I can then expand, you know, what I was doing. So I reached out to Adam. He was super cool. Did the interview. Damn. Pulled up. And then I was on a couple of other interviews as well. 
Was it like the you hit him up in this month and replied same month or did some time yeah, I go by? I think I gotta go back in the DMs, but it was like it was he was super responsive. Adam's dope, um, and yeah, just we had a conversation. I was like, oh, because I was I was super viral at that time, you know, too. Yeah, yeah. So obviously yeah. it was mutually beneficial. It, it did well. I you know, that's crazy because um, I've seen you before, but it's just it never dawned upon me that. You was Canadian. Right. For some reason, I thought you just American, and right. you know, when I see some American artists, I don't, I don't really, I'm not gonna lie, I don't, I don't really care to search them up unless they're from Florida mm. or they have a Haitian background. That's right. when kind of, I'm like, okay, let me at least find out what this guy's about. But if I knew you was Canadian, bro, I would have, I would have dove right. way a more. Lot, into a lot it. of people don't know. Yeah, I think it's because I started a music career when I was still playing college basketball in probably, America. Yeah, that could have been know? it. It's just, it's weird for me to say. It's just. Some some guys just have a Canadian look. Mm. Like the best way I could put it is um, you know, K Showtime, the baller. Mm. Bro, I, I could look at him and this guy just screams Toronto. Okay. I don't know what it is about him, but I I, I just know he's from there. Mm. So when I found out he was a Toronto guy, I'm like, oh let me do some more look up on this guy, see what he's about, so on and so on. But again, looking at you, I'm like, nah, this guy gotta right. be from <laughs> maybe Cali or something. I just you know, right. I, I couldn't tell. But then when I when I found out you're from Ottawa, it's crazy. No huh? way! Like, what? Six one three? That's crazy. <laughs> but um, but yeah, what are what are some of the other platforms that you got to be on that you just never expected? Just never expected to get there. It's probably been a few. It's been I, a while. I since think I've it was even done those interviews. It's been like four. I, I couldn't tell if it, it might have been you. It might have been someone else. Forgive me if it was someone else, because this was like a, a few months ago. Um, there was an artist. I think he was shirtless or something on a podcast. Mm. Timmy, Timmy, Timmy. Um, was that you? Oh. The, it was talk, something about Donald Trump. Oh, yeah, that was, was me that when, you? I re, when I remixed the designer song. Yes, sir. Right. So you I was, was on, on a podcast with these with these with white my boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've also... oh. Fire in the booth with Charlie Sloth in the UK was dope. Those freestyle, that freestyle, that was okay, really okay, dope okay. to do. Been on Genius a couple of times back in the day. It was cool. Yeesh, bro. Um, You're on all the things I just. No, nah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. But yeah, what what was that episode like? Because um, it was a YouTube short that I saw. That's why I don't know mm, too much. about That episode about was dope. We were just talking. You know, they were asking me questions. The Ireland twins. Mm. Um, yeah, it was dope. I like those guys. Nah, that's nice. hard. Um. What's it called? In Quiet Storm, I watched the music video. You had this whole alien look. Mm. You know what I'm saying? My God, what, what the hell was going on? What was that? Yeah, I just like to, like, you know, have fun sometimes. I could tell. You know what I mean? Like, make it different. I, I know, like, some th sometimes things in the moment may, may be received a certain way, mm -hmm. but I know that over a period of time, people are going to go back and look on those things and be like, yo, this was fire. And it's also something they can rewatch multiple times. I always think about that. Like 10 years from now, mm. is someone going to want to watch my video more than once? Yeah. You know? So sometimes I'll just do an easy one take. At the time I felt like being it. And everyone's talking about aliens too. Yeah, yeah. Recently, so I was like, oh, this is cool. Let me try it. Jeez. Is there, uh, obviously there's, there's, there's a lot more for you to come in 2023, but do you have any tours coming up? Like what, what are some of the big things you got coming up for this year? Um, I'm performing at Blues Fest. Damn. Uh, I got a Canadian tour, I think in September. Uh, I got a South African tour Damn. in April. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's going to be an American tour as well. 
Jeez. Yeah, it's going to be, it's, I think I'm also going to Australia and New Zealand or something. It's going to be a busy year, man. Nah, that's nice, it's bro. It's going to be a busy year. All in 2023. Yeah. Bro, that bread is coming like crazy. Hey, man, you got to reinvest, man. That bread is coming yeah. like crazy. Nah, I like that. Um, I won't keep you for too, too long. A few more questions I got to ask you is, out of all the songs that you made, mm, you know what I'm saying, it. you, Mr. Dax, what is your favorite song? If you had to pick one. I got to say, Dear God. Dear God. Probably. Um, just because I think, like, that was the first time where I was like, okay, I put something into the world that's going to last forever. Mm. Like, I was like, this will be here, you know, long after I'm gone. So I think that one just holds a special place in my heart. Okay. Now to someone like me who doesn't know too much about you and that would want to know more about you, what song would you send them to? Send them to listen to get like a good, like, uh, if you want to get to know me, this is a song to, uh, to start at with. At this point, probably mm. Dear Alcohol. Dear Alcohol. Or, or honestly, at this point, what it's like to be a man. Okay. What it's like to be a man. I think what it's like to be a man is a song for the generation. Mm. I think there's a large, you know, ha ha over half the world is men. You know what I mean? And I just feel like everyone, every man can relate to that song. And a lot of women can relate to the song too. Maybe not in terms of their relationship with their, you know, uh, intimate partner, yeah. but thinking about their father, mm. you know? So like when I make songs like Dear God, I was like, damn, when I made that song, I was like, yo, every single person has an opinion on religion. Yep. Everyone believes in something, and even if they believe in nothing, that's still a belief in something. Mm. So everyone's going to feel some type of way about this song. When I made Dear Alcohol, I was like, you know what? Everyone either drinks themselves or knows someone who drinks or may have had a drinking problem, or maybe they do. And then when I made What It's Like to Be a Man, I was like, damn, every motherfucker is either a man or... You know, actually, you can't even say that in this in this general. Yeah, you know, I understand. It sucks. You got. You even got to watch right. yourself talk. Right. Yeah, no, but but every everyone everyone ha everyone is every every listen. Everyone is either a man or a woman, and anything else in between, we just include it, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone's gonna relate in some type of way. Yep. And I never thought I could make something more relatable than Dear God. And then Dear Alcohol, and now I made what it's like to be man. I'm like, dang. So when it comes to um. What is what it's like to be a man? What what type of genre would you say that that falls into? Man, I, I call my genre impact. Mm. Like I'm more focused on the words, however it sounds. It's whatever. Like I just I do whatever comes to my mind first when I hear a beat. But I mean, I I guess most people are gonna um, classify it as country. Country, because um, what what I what I like to ask is okay. First thing, what does what does your fan base look like? Like what do you think it looks like? My is, fan base is primarily men. Men, is it? African-American, is it European, is, you know what I'm saying? Because um. with these type of things, what I like about your genre is, is, is just, you're not in one solid lane, right. you know what I'm saying? You might be over here, you might be over there, but it's like, it's kind of hard because don't you think with a certain type of fan base, like, oh, this guy's making country, I ain't trying to hear all that. Mm. Or this guy's rapping, this one I'm trying to hear, why is he switching over? Why is he, right. oh, the money's making him switch up, right. whatever the case may be. And I think that applies when people just make songs. Mm. But for me, people come to my songs, I, like sounding good's a prerequisite, you gotta sound good. Yeah. But people come to my songs for what I'm saying. Like people are generally, like when, when, when Dax drops when, what it's like to be a man, people go like, dang, I wonder what he's going to say. Mm. You know, so 
people don't really switch up on me like that because they just know my songs have always been about the words. Yeah. You know? So I, I was I, so my fan base, I don't even like the word fan. I like to say family. My supporters, um, people who support tax. Uh yeah, a lot of a lot, a lot of men. Yeah. Hard working men. Yeah. You know, who like are, you know, going through shit like me. You know, and I'm 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 talking about stuff about life, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Nah, I feel that, bro. No, that's that's crazy. That's that's basically all everything I got for now, at least. You know, hopefully, I'd love to have you on again. God oh, knows yeah. where we'll both be at the next exactly. time I get you on. That's the goal. You know, we might be on the moon. Who right. knows? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but before I let you go, a few more things. Is is there anything you want to ask me before we wrap this all up? Um, it's all good if there's nothing. Man, just you know, I love. This was fun. Appreciate yes, the sir. opportunity. Appreciate the professionalism. It's not going to be your last time. I promise Hell you that. Yeah, I agree. You know what I'm saying? You're definitely coming back. But um, if you have anything coming out, you know what I'm saying? Your platform, let, let the people know where they could find you. Man, I would just say a new EP is coming out. What it's like to be a man is out now. Go check that out, man. It is the most um, strong I've ever felt about a song I've made. Sheesh. Um, that's for real. And that, yeah, go check out what it's like to be a man and let me know what you think. Okay. It's your boy Convo and Marlo. And it's your boy, Dax! Dax! (laughs) And I'm out.